you know, I, I don't really need to call up, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, but but then I'm I, hearing all the talks about the sangha and stuff recently, and I just again I am so enthusiastic about this stuff. So it's like, oh, oh well, you know what? I want to kind of get in there and just have, you know, some folks to like talk about it because yeah. it's just such a joy, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but it would it would be awesome, like again, because, you know, just, um, you know, I like his, uh, you know, um, contribution, you know, is just, I mean, it's been a great gift, you know? And of course, what, what I love too is, um, like again he's very much uh he's grateful himself you know to like all the people who have taught him and you know like bhikkhu buddha dasa and stuff and it's just like going all the way back and it's just like wow you know yeah it's amazing yeah and that gratitude is kind of infectious right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so he would love to hear from you of course if you never get around to it well he might see <laughs> he might see this he uploads all the- yeah to the channel as well. I'm not sure how much of them he watches, but he's aware of the benefit that everyone's getting and it's tremendous fuel on his fire. Yeah. <laughs> sharing is really great to hear about it working so well for you. What's worked for you? Um, what's worked for me? Well, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things to this practice that have like really, oh. really worked in terms Sorry. of like Oh. I meant something altogether mundane. What's your job? Oh, oh, work. Um, <laughs> yeah. I work. I, I work at a sub shop. So right now. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Everyone and, needs to eat. Yep, and then I do like cash as well and stuff. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Great. Now I, I asked because you you mentioned specifically that you've been enjoying work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's always interesting to hear. You know what what are people doing with all of that time? What are people finding they can make enjoyable? And yes, indeed, we can make making subs enjoyable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great to yeah. hear. Yeah, it's like slicing the cheese. That can still be, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it's enjoyable, right? And the thing yeah. is, is it's always you can come back to the breath, right, uh-huh. too. Like, again, that's so helpful. And if I like catch myself like kind of, you know, going into hindrance or whatever. It's like, aha, I see you. And then coming back to the breath, right? And that's talking though about like practice wise, what's worked is this idea of like, whenever, you know, you remember, right? Instead of, oh, you know, you should do this, you should do that. It's more like, okay, no, this is kind of the way the mind works. You're gonna forget. But then having that reaction when you remember is like so wonderful because it's like, oh, isn't it such a relief that I remembered? Not, oh man, you know, I'm such a bad meditator because I forgot or something, right? Like it's that reframing with like sort of the wholesome thought. Like it's just like, oh yeah, that's that's it, right? That's that fundamental flip that so often we don't get to hear about, right? Mm-hmm. That's the special source. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thrilled to hear you're rocketing along. It's <laughs> just beautiful. Yeah, amazing stuff. Alex, you got a hand up. Yeah, so as I was saying earlier to you, Dan, uh, and just to inform everybody, like, so I had like a six-day six day streak of lots of great success and joy and satisfaction. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> It, it was I really awesome. It. It, it really, was really motivating to see your messages it, in the chat. Yeah, it really, really, really was motivated. awesome. That's good. 
Thanks, Robert. And then I would like, I would even like wake up into that state, which was a surprise that wasn't even an expectation. I was like, what the hell is happening to me? And I still would like kind of go throughout the day and, you know, check in with the breath. And, you know, if I, it, I, I may, I would be making friends, you know, making friends with all the unwholesome. So whatever unwholesome was there, like, oh, okay, I, I can make friends with this and then take a breath and smile and then repeat you know, over and over again. And, and I was, I was happy to do it and it didn't feel, um, it didn't feel as much like the set, the, the previous time where I had like a streak of success where it was more like work, it was more heavy handed. This was more like easy and getting into like a state of effortlessness. Amazing. However, and it is amazing. It is amazing. And I don't want any of you to think, especially you, Dan, to think that I, was not acknowledging my success or not congratulating myself. I was like, I'm pretty sure the only way I could have experienced what I did is if I was congratulating myself and having the success that I did. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that one of yesterday, I didn't wake up into that state, which, Hey, I was like, you know, there was a little bit of like a, like a little bit of like a glimmer of like, Oh, okay. Hey, I'll make friends with that worried out okay all right take a breath enjoy this i did 10 minutes of conscious mindful breathing and enjoying the breath and acknowledging that as a success and then you know i went on an hour about a couple hours doing the same thing i didn't change anything it's doing the same thing that i've been doing for the past six days and it was as it was different it was as if there was a heavier wall in front of me it was as if everything that was there within the past six days just got lost it was just like it disappeared yes yeah and what you're talking about right now from this morning is lost too well not exactly not exactly because every time i go back to this practice that i was doing it's not it's not giving me the relief and the success that it was before. And I know that's Duca because it's, oh, hey, you want something different than what it is now. Okay, Duca, great. Another friend to make friends with. Yeah, I know. I know the whole process. I've been doing that for the past six days on and on and on and on and on. And I got to say, I am, I am royally frustrated and upset. I got to say, this is absolutely maddening. This is maddening. Why do we do practices to feel okay? Why do we do practices to feel relief? It's it's absurd. It's absurd. Why can't we just be okay? I'm so sick of this stupid fucking merry-go-round. Of brother. Oh my. Oh oh my god. I gotta practice myself to relief. I hate it. I'm so sick of it. Brother. And then I gotta reach so that I can get through the day. Brother, you've got it backwards. <laughs> we don't start doing practices to feel okay. We start being conditioned to feel bad. Yeah. If we were satisfied, there'd be no need for the practice. Exactly, and why can't it just but be that simple? Well, it, it can in the end, but because you've been trained to be dissatisfied for decades. 
that you just had a six day experience of freedom and success and joy is no joke worthy of that street parade that I mentioned earlier. And as soon as you come join the parade, there goes the Duca. Robert, you had yeah. up. Oh yeah, no, I just wanted to say that I completely relate to Alex's experience. I, I have it the same way where I would wake up on the wrong side of the bed every single day. And so every single morning I'd wake up in this really like gloomy mood and I'd have to like work so hard just to like feel good, just to like start my day on like the right foot. And then the last like six days I had the same experience of where like suddenly I just started waking up on the right side of the bed and I was waking up into like the sort of like glad and like, like just like, you know, like happy, like a good mood, right? Basically a good mood. Like, I don't know why I'm using like weird language for it. Like, yeah, I just like waking up on the right side of the bed and stuff. And like for, like for the first time in like a, since probably since I was like a little kid. Wow. And it was just like really cool. Yeah. And then like, and then like there'd be like moments throughout the day where I I feel so happy that like I feel like this is it. I found like the secret to just like handling life's problems. And then like there would be other moments of the day where I'd forget how to do it and I'd be so gloomy. And I'd be like, how how did I forget that? Like how could I have found like cause cause it like that? And then I'd somehow like I'd I'd talk to someone in the chat, they'd give me some advice or I'd just do it like myself with my own self-talk. And it would just all of a sudden hit me like a ton of bricks. And I'd be like, wow, this is it. I found it again. How did I forget it? And I just get like so frustrated. But yeah, I just wanted to say I relate. So you're not alone. That's always nice to hear. The important point here is the difference between process orientation and results orientation. And Alex, if you feel like I'm sick of hearing this, well, you're just going to have to hear it one more time, brother. As long as we're measuring phenomena, to tell us how we're doing you see how what's uh, the feelings are not a measure of how well you're practicing the practice is the measure of how well you're practicing and we continue to practice because we've seen that if we continue to practice good stuff happens but we don't demand anything of phenomena so if the feelings isn't a measure of how well we're practicing, then why then when we feel satisfaction and relief and freedom, we congratulate that and say, oh, that's a success. Because it's wonderful. It's wonderful to have a success. But you see, the, the, the flip is certainly in the beginning, we don't get to control the mind in that immediate way. We don't get to wake up on the wrong side of the bed and say, no, I don't feel like feeling like that, so I'm going to feel great. End of story. I'm enlightened now. It doesn't go that way. We're developing skills. Maybe we get to feel a little bit better. So we start the street parade. Then we join the parade. We feel even better again. But you see, the, the feeling better comes as the result of a process. Yeah. And I'm so sick of it. Works. Well, so then it. If, if you're sick of it, then you're practicing incorrectly. We need to, hey, Mohammed, we need to practice in a way that's at least bearable, at the very, very least. Preferably enjoyable. Can you find a way to enjoy the process and allow for it to be a rainy day? 
so we're not making demands. Oh, no. and, and brother, you you've been here before, and you've seen what happens when you recommit and recommit and recommit to the practice in each moment. Dragged yourself out of this ditch before, and it was a much deeper ditch, if I recall rightly, when we were on this call two weeks ago. And you came out of it. You can handle this. Now, as long as you're in, why do we have to practice? Why can't we just be born satisfied? It's just dukkha. It's just dukkha. This is the way it is right now. What am I going to do about it? What are my options? I can wallow or I can practice. I can rage against the practice or I can practice. It's like your house is flooded. You've got to bail it out. You can bail it out or you can bail it out and complain about bailing it out. Thank you. I get it. Brother, I know, <laughs> I know you get it. And I know that's why you get so frustrated when I'm saying the same thing to you over and over again. You have no idea. That's, that's, just, like... that's just our dance right now. Alex, have you seen those like Zen, those Zen parables where it's like, or even in like the suttas where it's like the master says like one thing, or like there's one where he like cuts the guy's finger off and then he just goes like this, and in that moment like the guy like awakens forever and it's like so. I feel like that was your moment. No, I haven't seen Oh, they're, they're everywhere, man. I feel like that's what gonna what gonna happen to like one of us in the sangha at some point. Like Damaris, or like Kishan's gonna say like one of it because th this happens to me so much. Like I'll just I'll just like recall one of these pointers someone said, and I'll suddenly wake up and it's just like oh, what? It's like I get it now. Yeah, I get it now. And I just want to say, man, keep hope, you know, because one day, one of these days, like one of those, I get it now is gonna be the last. I get it now. You're gonna be in our hunt. We're all gonna make it. You got this, dude. I believe in you. I think I think you got the fire inside. That's why you suffer so much, is because you're so like you're so desirous. And that just means you're <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Thanks, there's one thing to desire, it's freedom. Amen. Yeah, and to be honest <laughs> with you, it's it's such a it is such a trap because the I was yeah. looking I was looking up the five aggregates. It was saying something about how you need to see the beginning and end of your will in order, I think my interpretation of it is in order to not be dominated or run by it anymore. And then you can have true will, but but will as an aggregate just gets in your way and mm -hmm. it, it gets in your way from real freedom. And I'm like, I was I was starting actually what this is interesting. I wonder if this is something that may have caused me to go out of that state the morning before I was looking up. Um, um, dependent arising. I'm actually reading a little bit about this on Dhamma Talks all week. It was this guy basically summarizing or analyzing Bhikkhu Buddhadasa's um, writings on dependent arising. Mm. What he said is like, so it starts with ignorance and then ignorance goes to volition and they all rest on, upon and are supported by each other, which I feel like I was like seeing that clear as day and that like before, uh, before uh, after feeling goes to clinging. And, and what we're doing, I think, with Anapanasati is seeing, oh, oh, there's that unwholesome feeling. Okay, so when I see that feeling, I can change the mind before it goes to clinging. Mm -hmm. So if, when it goes to clinging, it goes to craving. So you're mm -hmm. like basically trying to like 
get a hold of this fucking dragon before <laughs> it like carries you through the village, <laughs> you know? And um, I think what happened is I was starting to see that. And then in, in my, my, my feelings, they started becoming more like condensed. So instead of like, I don't want this, it was more like, oh, clinging. Oh, I see you clinging. I can make friends with this. So it like it became more simplified. I think before but, feeling is con is contact though. I, I think I don't before think before feeling is before feeling is contact. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think right I think that. I think what I'm hearing from what you're saying is like a lot of focus on this feeling, and like yeah, it, it might be helpful to to look straight at like the six sense bases, you know, like and that that's what contact gets at is like. That there's some external stimulus that happens first uh, before the feeling arises, uh, before before we make a perception about that feeling, uh, like the positive, and, and it's not and it's not an emotion either. The feeling feeling vedana is positive, negative, or neutral. It's not the same feeling that you're thinking of of like an emotional feeling. You know, that's later down the line. That's like uh, mental formation, uh, some samskara. You know. So it can be confusing in Buddhism because they use the word feeling, but they don't mean emotion, uh, just so you're aware. Oh, so contact is more, more the emotion. What? No, it's, that. that's not either. No, it's, it's, uh, it's mental formation. That is the one that is going to have emotions is usually how it's translated. Um, I'm, there are other translations for that also. Yeah, and the, the translations thing is something that Damarato is very keen to speak on. There are many different translations, um, and we're dealing with the translation is it's a game of Chinese whispers, right? There's the the Dharma, then there's the writing it down, which is immediately something is lost. Then there's the reading of the translator. Then there's the writing of the translator. Then there's your reading. That's a big old game of Chinese whispers right there. So what tends to be the case is the investigation of something like Paticca Samupada is valuable in itself. Just doing this kind of reading like you're doing, Alex. I, I think I think what happened is that it honestly, it, it might have gotten me more in my head and it might have caused more of a hindrance for me because what I saw on there is that the Buddha saw that once he saw a dependent arising, he was able to basically ex like free himself of all suffering because dependent uh, contained independent arising is the source and the beginning of and the end of all suffering and i i feel like i was starting to really see this as i was reading it and then i just got i was like i don't know man i just got overwhelmed well, and it's like i got i got overwhelmed and i enjoyed it at the same time like i enjoyed reading about this cuz it was like Oh wow, that's interesting, but it also was overwhelming. I just want to correct you because it's important that uh, the end of suffering is not in dependent origination. It's just the awareness of suffering. The end of suffering comes like much later. Like dependent origination ends in dukkha uh, in the the list, and then from there, there's an there's another whole list. Dukkha leads to faith, leads to all, all these other things that eventually leads to letting go, um, and mm. and that letting go is the end of suffering, the dukkha nirodha. But dependent well, origination itself just says how 
how do we get to Duca? That's how it always ends. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think to your point, though, because I, like, I have the, the map here in front of me, and it, it goes like you know from each layer to the next. It starts with ignorance, and they say that yeah. once once there is no more once there is no more ignorance once you have once you're prior to ignorance there's no more dukkha because with ignorance comes volition with volition comes right. consciousness i mean i mean uh i mean with ignorance comes formation and then consciousness and name and form and all this stuff it all comes from ignorance so if there is no ignorance then then there's no dukkha which is interesting because what that means is if there's nothing that you don't that you don't know that's what ignorance means something that you don't know or that which you haven't seen yeah Kevin, Ke conflating that with knowledge yeah but i think that things the the what? opposite of ignorance would be awareness or need like like ignorance let's say it's a black room no light and the awareness would be a room with light so we, we that's what it is, right? Ah, there you go. Yeah. And something uh, very important. Wait, I didn't, I didn't hear that. What Alex was that, Mohammed? It's, it's the clinging, then comes the, um, it's the craving, then comes the clinging. The clinging comes after the craving. It's not uh, in reverse. Yeah. Uh -huh. The craving creates the clinging, and the clinging itself is right. the suffering. The suffering is the clinging. It's right. tension. You're attached to something. That's the clinging. That's actually the suffering. And uh, the, the cause of the clinging is the craving. And that's the second noble truth. The, the, the origination of suffering is the craving. That's the what did, second noble truth. What did you say about ignorance, Mohammed? Uh, ignorance is, is very, it's, it's a misunderstanding. Uh, it's not understanding the four noble truths. And that's it. Yeah, so what I was thinking uh, as we were discussing all of that is there is quite often a specific definition that needs to be investigated in these kinds of teachings. Teacher Samapada is a deep teaching and it writings about it often go into great detail. And all right. Words, right, it's it's worth doing the investigation to see what does this word mean in context. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's great that you're there doing that reading. It's great to go and read that stuff. And great that you saw that you may have created some dukkha as you were going through it, because indeed, I mean, reading about something like the teacher Samupada, the trap of mentalizing is great. Because when we look at it written down, it looks like a mental thing. I mean, words are a mental thing. But of yeah. course, what's being written about is something that's true in direct experience. And it sounds like you were playing with that balance as you went along. So keep mm -hmm. playing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think um, speaking of play, I had something I think that might be useful too, just to bring up, but like sort of the idea or perhaps the reframing too when it comes to practice, right? 
like it can be enjoyable in its own right, like just to practice again, just to do these investigations, like talking about Petitu Samapada, like dependent origination, just going in there. It can be so fun to just enthusiastically investigate these things and just like in their own, you know what I mean? Like that can just be a joy in of itself, right? Or again, coming back to, I think, what is also important too is bringing up the four noble truths there, right? And coming back to that Duca Duca Naroda too, when you're talking about these investigations, because it is very easy, I think, to get like caught, you know, up perhaps in them and trying to get like super, super, you know, deep or whatever. But really, like it is partial, well, it is to enrich that four noble truths and the understanding, right, of the Duca Duca Naroda, right? of like kind of getting to that and i think part of that is like just seeing the practice hey this isn't like a grim practice that we must undertake i need to undertake this no it's just like hey this is enjoyable sort of to do in its own right like not like oh i have to do this in order so i get enlightened someday but just like hey this is a lot of this is a good time just watching the in and out breath and coming back to the relaxation or just investigating like what is this it's just a lot of fun you know so you know yeah yeah but, yeah i appreciate that dj yeah. sometimes it's a lot this, of fun that's true when you remember yeah yeah and th there is yeah. a sense of of momentum mm -hmm. sometimes right so we, we practice ourselves into enjoyment and then we kind of keep that plate spinning, right? Mm. And pretty much every practitioner I've ever spoken to has reported varying degrees of success and failure with this. And so what do we do? Never mind, start again. Okay, I can get that plate spinning once more. And you've done All right, that. guys. You've done that. You can do it again. Yeah. I gotta get uh, back to work, guys. It's good to see all you. Likewise, brother. Catch I'll you talk soon. to you guys hey, later. Alex, Alex, before right. you go, before you go, yeah. Um, I think yeah. what you started to like tap into before, when you got like loads of momentum in your practice and you started feeling like, um, you could find like a satisfaction that was independent of the actual sensations themselves. I think that's like really, really, really key for when you feel like negativity, because like if you're feeling like really like unhappy and stuff. But since you've already tapped into that, you know you can do it, right? So now it's not faith anymore, like Keyshawn said, it's wisdom, and you can bring that up. And just like, just try, just try and tap into that. And your good enough thing that you actually gave me, that's like been one of the most like powerful like mantras that I've used. That's like really like skyrocketed my progress over the last week that I was talking about before. So just say good enough, and just keep looking for like that essence of satisfaction. Or another way you can do it is look for the essence of desire. And if you see the essence of desire and the essence of satisfaction, you can find that even independent of the sensations. So I think that could be like really helpful. That was for me. Thanks, Robert. I mean, you're right, man. Like that was something that was helping me out a lot. Whenever I noticed I wasn't getting anywhere or I wasn't finding the relief I wanted or the uh, like enjoyment I wanted, I would just say, oh, well, this must be good enough. That's OK. I'm throwing my hands up in the yeah. air. This is good yeah. enough. And then when I did that, I would notice like, wow, OK, it really is. There is some sense of this that is good enough. But now today when I do that, yesterday when I do that, nothing is good enough. It's not working. So either what will probably happen, like what is usual, is I'll continue to suffer. 
and I'll suffer to the point where I don't want to suffer anymore, and then I'll get back on the horse, and then we'll be back here next week, and I'll be telling you guys about how upset I am again. So <laughs> I love, have a great I love day. How, I love how you were like so happy yesterday, and then you're like upset by sitting with the calls. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little cycle. <laughs> it's just like it's just like I don't know, man. I feel like a mad scientist okay, right I'm now. I'm telling you, I feel absolutely crazy. Key, though the equanimity thing, like the equanimity yeah. independent of conditions, that's like that's so key in my experience. Like I think that's so important. Yeah. You've yeah. already tasted it, dude. You've already tasted it, so you already have the insight. You've already like entered yeah. the stream, dude. I know. <laughs> and, and Alex, see there, you had a little bit of relief right there when you were able to to just laugh about the absurdity of the whole thing, man. Yeah, like ask yourself, how would I, I feel right, right now if I was like a streamer? Right. Like ask yourself, how would it feel if I was a Sotapanna right now? And like you were done and you finally reached that first permanent level where like you hit the horrendous horizon, the momentum goes by itself, no effort, effortless permanent enlightenment. Ask yourself, how would I feel if I had that right now? And just imagine how it would feel and just keep pretending to be that person and pretending to imagine how that would feel. And then just like eventually like notice like that, like that, like you can like feel it without like pretending. Yeah, Robert. Just quick I, tips on that. That's a good point. Like, I I hate doing that. Just I hate doing that. Oh, I hate imagining how I would feel <laughs> if I do. I don't like going anywhere near that because. Oh, I'm, just, I'm sorry. No, no, I you're fine. Know. You're fine. I appreciate your advice. It just just doesn't work. There's no need to imagine Here's, because cool. it's different. all great right now. Different There's no need to imagine. <laughs> you like, don't have I to. once read this monk saying saying that, well, we're all playing Buddhas, like. Like little childs play to be doctors or play to be lawyers or play to be something they they are not that right now. Well, why don't you just play like to be a Buddha right now and be enlightened, yeah, like I mean. like just a playing, play like I'm like how oh, I'll just pretend it's perfectly okay. Like like you're enlightened, you're enlightened enough to know that you are pretending. Hmm. You don't need like you know you're pretending and eventually. Yeah, like they're not stupid. You're not gonna fool yourself and to like think you're enlightened, <laughs> and like, then like be like, oh no, I'm not. Go. And, like, go through that whole up and down, like BS. Like, yeah. Not stupid. Like it's, it's cool. Like, like... Spider-Man on the playground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing that can stop you doing that. <laughs> like, literally, nothing can stop you from pretending to be that. Yeah, and the joy you can get from that, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's and that's really like the amazing. same thing Keyshawn was saying with like the pebble. It's like when you're playing pretend, you're just imagining. But like in order to imagine it, you have to recall how it felt, which means you know how it felt, which means like you can technically still do it. Like because you technically still know how it feels. So if you're pretending, if you can imagine it, then you can realize it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Don't let your imagination be imagination. You got this brother rock on. Yes. <laughs> May the force be with you. May the dhamma be with you. You're my dhamma brother. <laughs> We're all dhamma brothers together now. All right. Love you guys. Gotta go. Brother. Bye. 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 Hey, Jeff. Good to see you. Hi, Dan. How are you? Really well, brother. How are you? All right. The hindrances got me hard today. Oh, but you're here. <laughs> but you made it. I'm trying to skate around them like a good Canadian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, meet DJ, who tells me he's in Canada as well. Ah. Yeah. Oh, hello. 
Oh, sorry, were you asking uh, whereabouts? I said maybe yeah. you guys are neighbours. Hey, Keyshawn. Hello, oh, hello. Hey. hey, brother. How you doing? Hey. Damn. Pleasure to make <laughs> your acquaintance, man. Likewise, brother. I don't think we've actually ever been on a call. I don't think so either. I've seen some of your stuff, though. Same. Seen you with Damarato. Seen you with the, the... Yes, thank you, baby. Seen you with the big group of friends. It's an honour. To finally be on this call, I'm never able to make this call, but today because I just I, I kind of got the day semi off. I had this like real estate exam. Okay. And I just I just finessed it with the absolute least effort possible, so I'm pretty <laughs> excited about that. <laughs> and now you're gonna bring all your energy to the Dharma call this evening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So happy brother. So you're Anyways. gonna do real estate, huh? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I just took this exam. It's like this real estate uh, to get your license. Mm -hmm. It's it's like all commercial real estate, like or no uh, residential real estate. So it's like if you're trying to learn how to flip houses, and I'm just not doing that. I'm I'm in commercial real estate, so I'm like right. working with like you know industrial properties. So it's just it's just so it's it's just bureaucracy, and so it's just like how could I put in the least amount of effort to to get through this? Yeah, you know, and I've but done that. Solid career, like right? That. Once you've got the license, as I understand it. What was that? A solid career once you've got the license, right? As I understand it. I've I've already been in my career for like two years. It's just like. Oh, okay. When you're when you're uh, an analyst, you don't need a license. They'll like tell they'll kind of tell you you should get it, but like you don't really need it because you're not running the deals. But I I changed jobs and and now I'm gonna be running some deals, so it's like I have to get it now. So okay. I was like, okay. Um, oh, so really bureaucracy then? Yeah. 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 Okay. Did you find out if you passed today? Yeah, I did. Oh, great. I did. Yeah. I, I failed the first time. I, I really didn't study at all. It was just like... <laughs> 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 I failed happily the first time, though. It was okay. <laughs> Failing happily. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the like sauce. That. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was a joyful moment, and I was like, okay, well, I know which ones to what to focus on, and just like only did that, you know. Great. And here we are. Great, great. So, what much actually change about your job? What's changed? Yeah, will anything change day to day? Oh, like now? I mean, basically, like prior, I was just an analyst, kind of like assisting on deals that came in, you know, from the producers who basically. You know, they go out, they make friends with people, talk to people, you know, get the business and then kind of kick all the work down to the analysts who just kind of scrap together all the, you know, all the books and do all the valuation and underwriting stuff. Uh -huh. So that's what I was doing. But then I was like, screw this. I want to be I want to be the one making friends with people, you know, very yeah, yeah. Dama dude job. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> let me go and, and be the one who's, who's getting the business and, you right. know, actually kind of be a partner on the whole system. So um, yeah. now I'm like going to be, you know making calls reaching out to people networking that kind of thing right so yeah that's, that's, uh, here's your second exam and we we moneyed it it's great yeah <laughs> super excited good stuff so what time is it for you over there it's like 2 30. okay 2 30 or so so would, would you normally be at work is that why you've been unable to join us yeah, I mean, if you guys could push this call back like another 
three hours maybe I could join more often, but I'm guessing it's pretty late over there, right? Yeah, it's 20 to 9 in the UK. I don't think there's ever really a good uh, – like, if this call was on a weekend, then it would yeah. Yeah, and it it, kind of sucks for me because weekend is my big work days. So I teach drums. Ah. So I'm doing the unsociable hours, basically. The Saturday and Sunday is amazing. All the students come in. Hence, we're here in the evening and I don't get to join the US calls. Yeah, we'd love to have you over there, man. Uh, But I hear you're a big drummer guy. You're still doing that, teaching people how to play drums? Yeah, yeah. so that's also a very Damadu job, I would say. It is a very Damadu job. The music, the music going. Lots of smiles. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's, it's therapeutic right out the box. Right? People come in, I sit them down on the kit, and it's so immediate. I have quite a few folks come in who have tried other instruments before. And they come and they try drums. And they just love how quickly they can get a beat going. Where, you know, you sit down at a piano and there's all this thinking to do first. Yeah. Drums, you can just feel it right away. And well, got- the thing about that is, like, you've got that repetition just on lock, you know? It's just pure yeah. repetition over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, although some of them still struggle with that. I'm still working on, you know, new strategies all the time to convince people to do that repetition. Namely, mostly I'll sit there smiling, doing the repetition. <laughs> Yeah, people have trouble with repetition in, in, in music and uh, the Dama. Yeah. Pretty it's much a common. Yeah, yeah. Common Do you issue. play drums, Keisha? Do you play drums? I don't play anything uh, other than the mind. <laughs> I <love that>. <laughs> <laughs> DJ, I saw a handful. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're talking about uh, music here and brought up the piano. I actually enjoy playing uh, the piano, but like recently, I've been uh, like just playing like some basic, you know, chords and all that, and then sort of like improvising songs almost in like a wholesome thought kind of way, like playing with the wholesome thoughts, you know, and like coming up with like little like almost Dama jams, you know, it's just like very inspiring, right? I think too, uh, like, you know, just just being satisfied with like, hey, I don't have to be like the number one pianist. I don't have to like, you know, it's just, hey, I'm just enjoying these chords. I'm just, you know, and singing along. It's not like, oh, I have to be the most wonderful singer. Like this is good enough right now. This is enjoyable. But then like bringing that kind of practice in with it, it's like, well, this is a lot of fun, right? So yeah. Dama jams. Yeah. (laughs) DJ, I was just talking to Alex about that last night. Uh, I feel like there's a clear distinction or difference between kind of having this, like just even if the wholesome thoughts are kind of disjointed versus Mm -hmm. if you kind of bring them into like a rhythmic, you know, repetitive pattern, it Mm -hmm. kind of changes the flavor of things quite a bit. Yeah. You know, that's how humans are wired. Mm -hmm. Basically, there's a reason we like music. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's so cool. Mm. Yes, repetition. Very important. Very important. Certainly a huge part of my job. (laughs) Yeah, I'll hear a new song that I like, just like the beat of, and just kind of start talking to myself wholesomely off that beat. You know, it's like kind of what I've been doing lately. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Dama Jams, DJ's on the piano, Keyshawn's on the mic. (laughs) 
<laughs> I could I could contribute some guitar and bass and also some singing. Great. Nice. I'll be the cheerleader. Amazing. <laughs> 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 I used to play the piano, the piano though. Enjoyable. Joe Riley was that Joe that you posted there? Yeah, he's he's somebody I met at a retreat, and uh, he's a really cool guy. He just makes Dama songs that are kind of catchy, and yeah, he's not the best musician in the world, but he just enjoys making music, you know. And they're all Dama songs, so people very wholesome. Want, yeah, people want to see and hear musicians who are enjoying themselves above all else. People will be so forgiving on the technical aspects if whoever's performing really is enjoying themselves it seems so important i say that as a musician of 25 years i'd far rather see a bunch of amateurs having a great time than the most technically skilled and precise performance but a big old grumpy face <laughs> no question <laughs> No question which performance I'm going to enjoy more. <laughs> one uh, one piece that, uh, or a thing that kind of got started from Dom Rado when he recommended that I listen to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony uh, in, in D minor, the uh, I think it's like the last movement, the fourth movement, I think. And I actually don't, like, he, he sent me, like, the lyrics. I don't know the lyrics really at all, but, like, I kind of almost like it that way because it's like all, the medium is the message as he talks about a lot of the time. And, and basically you can kind of just go off of that and you could just tell it's such a lion's roar. That song, that entire, that entire, you know, piece is just so incredible. And, and when you start like kind of going from there with your wholesome thoughts too, that's another good pairing, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that the Ode to Joy? Uh, no, that, I think that's different. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong though. I'm not sure. I, I think that's different. Uh, the the Ninth Symphony. I don't know what like the the name of it is. If there's a different name. Well, I'm sure it was a good recommendation. Ode to Joy is good too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, when when you start hacking the process with, hey, I'm going to combine my Beethoven <laughs> with wholesome thoughts. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah, it's a winning formula. It's it's yeah. like surprisingly almost aggressively like lion like that that his like his pieces you know especially right. that ninth symphony it's just like a real this incredible uh, victorious championship kind of okay. Okay. you know kind of puts me on top of the world uh-huh. that's one way to get into genre I feel like <laughs> just right. maybe Beethoven was a Dama dude I think so. <laughs> Yeah. There's a good saying um, that Beethoven said. Uh, I know it in French. Uh, are there some people of you who speak French? I speak a little French. Yeah. Uh, la, la, la marque de supériorité, c'est la bonté. Je ne vois, uh, vois aucune autre uh, uh, qualité. Uh, the superiority que la bonté. Uh, in English, it's the only mark of superiority that I see is only goodness. So, hmm. kind of goes like that, right? The only mark of superiority I see is goodness? Yeah, like that. 
Mm. It's out. Sounds very super mundane. <laughs> Was there any context to that, Mohammed? Well, I, I only know that Beethoven said it. And that's it. Oh, Beethoven said it. Okay, okay. Yeah, right. Beethoven said it, yeah. Interesting. Maybe he was a Dharma dude. Yeah. Mysterious. <laughs> Mysterious. Beethoven grew up where? In Germany, I think. Yeah, yeah Germany. In which century? Or, or in Austria, maybe in Austria, I don't know, somewhere like somewhere. Yeah. Anyone know which century? Do you reckon they had the Pali Canon in the library? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> 17. Long time ago. Yeah. A couple lifetimes ago, I think. That'd be kind of interesting, right? To find out how widely circulated was the Pali Canon pre-20th century. Did it make it outside of Asia? Could there have been secret Dhammadus? I mean, obviously, it's a lot of writing, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah Hegel. Know? Hegel, uh, the philosopher Hegel. He was a Dhammadu. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Really? Okay, I'd not heard the name before. Yeah, H-E-G-E-L. A lot of his writings are like very like, non-duality, like all about like being in the moment and stuff. Interesting. I, I think there was He's a lot of crossover in uh, like the time of Rome, I've heard. Oh, yeah. Even then. So I would imagine it's been circulated somewhat for a while. Yeah. Cause Even, probably, I, I hear like sometimes like Don Mato's here like, yeah, what do you where do you think Socrates got his stuff from sometimes, you, you know, like that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess, you know, it wouldn't have had to be the whole canon that they got their hands on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like found a little the Buddha's greatest hits now in Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing is, it was a, it was an oral tradition. You have to remember too, and like yeah. in or, and orally, things can travel a lot easier than uh, than you would think because you know, like walking from one village to another to another, it doesn't take that long to travel quite a long distance. Well, yeah, you know? and of course, you you can speak to more than one person at a time, right? So, like a virus, it spreads. In a way, I guess you could say the. Uh... The Dhamma predates the Pali Canon itself. That the Buddha said that the, the teaching of the Buddha is an old teaching. Right. Right. How far back do we want to go? Yeah. Yes. Anyone who wanted to get quiet and look at what was going on, there it is. Exactly. <laughs> some some people just you know they know how to be happy, or they were taught how to be happy, perhaps you know, and that kind of thing. So when they're yeah. young. Right. Yeah. There could have been those pockets of happy people. And of course, everyone had very little at one point. So they had the renunciation part taken care of. That was all good. But would they need those writings? I guess not. But I kind of like the idea of Socrates kind of sat in some dark corner in the library reading the Pali Canon and then coming and proclaiming to the Greek public <laughs> this new philosophy that he'd come up with. <laughs> yeah. My wisdom! 
Yeah, I mean, he wasn't one of the things that Don Rado likes to, to talk about. His story, I guess, is like when he was dying, when he was being put to death, you know, taking taking the hemlock mm. and and he's he's in the cell and he's got his students there. And one of the students starts, you know, getting all emotional. And he kicks him out. He's like, this is a party. We're, uh, we're going to investigate what's going on here. We're going to have fun. Yeah. You know? And yeah. He documented the process of his death. Um, which is much more dumber than that. Very, doesn't get much more dumber than that. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember Pretty who it was. I was, telling, I was telling someone about Bikabuda Dasa's death the other day. I can't remember who it was, but I love that whole story. I haven't heard that one. Okay, so the the king of Thailand offered to send a helicopter when Bikabuda Dasa was dying to bring him to you know one of the big hospitals and take care of him and maybe he would have survived who knows but because was like no nah, i'm cool here in the forest i lived in the forest i'll die in the forest yeah mm. all, all those lion stories from from the monks all the what sorry the the lion stories from the monks you the, know the, the 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 lion stories yeah just like being yeah being you know fearless in that way like ajan uh ajan po i think you know had like so many cataracts in his eyes they had to trick him into going to the doctor you know that kind of thing yeah yeah all the the stories of them having teeth pulled with no drugs mm -hmm. yeah one of, one of my dhamma teachers actually died recently uh like two days ago okay. uh so it's uh, Natiko. He was a uh, he's a Swedish monk. Uh, well, he, he he was a former monk. He was a Thai forest monk under uh, Ajahn Chah for like 17 years or something. Uh, but really, really awesome guy. So that was a bit sad. But he had um, uh, Parkinson's, and it got to the point where it was so bad that his body was basically paralyzed, and uh, he like couldn't talk and stuff. So, yeah, it was for the best, really. But it's still a bit, bit sad. Yeah, sure. You know? But, yeah. Is there? Uh, are they going to do like an open funeral? Are they anywhere nearby? Um, I I don't really know what they're going to do. He made like a Facebook post, like posthumously. Uh, he just asked of everybody if you want to remember me uh just make a bench and put it in a spot uh, a nice spot um he oh. has this he has this teaching that he has where he calls it like a gorilla bench making basically it translates to in english and uh, he wants everybody to make benches and then just put them into public places okay uh, for people to sit, sit down on you know and, that's awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's his, his thing you got a spot Figured out? You yeah, I already, I already did it. Yeah, I, I made one yesterday and took it to uh, to this nice spot that I like. So right. yeah, I, I need to go back. I want to carve like a little Dhamma message in there though. Like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. So I'll have to. I can do that sometime. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one of his teachings or something. Yeah, yeah. Before. That's a yeah, he's quest. Awesome, awesome, awesome guy. He. Uh, yeah, he he was a monk, and then I I, I guess kind of like Damarado, he uh, he quit being a monk. Uh, just he was like, well, I I just don't have to do this anymore. Basically, you know, uh, he said that he was sitting there one day and was just like, well, I just don't have to do this. Uh, I I'm just fine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and 
yeah, that that guy was he was he was awesome. Yeah. That sounds like a and great his whole his whole disease his whole disease that he just like took like just didn't care the whole time and was like still going around doing speeches and in Sweden he's the most popular Buddhist uh, teacher by far and um, was still going and doing speeches and stuff for quite a long time into his illness. Amazing. So, yeah. Strong examples, right? Because yeah. we're just setting that example with his death. Fellow coming in, giving talks with Parkinson's going on. It's very inspiring. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't remember uh, exactly, but I think I think Dom Rado's last will and testament was for some of his students to come and do some uh, some corpse meditation on his body after right. he's gone. So. Yeah, yeah. How about we dance have, around it? <laughs> just have have a big party around uh, Donato's court. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a a song. Now that you bring in this this corpse dancing around about a song maker, a singer. I don't. I really don't know, but he's he was Hawaiian. Yeah. And in this video. His funeral pops up ne nearly at the end, and we're, there's no one crying. Like there's literally no one crying. It's a, a huge celebration of of a of a fantastic life. This is the song that most hit everywhere, and it's a great song. It talks, it's I think it comes in, in the first version of the Wizard of Oz, somewhere over the rainbow, oh, yeah. and it's an, an amazing song, an amazing song, and he quite put the feeling on it. And the, the the story about him singing this song, it's 3 a.m. He calls to study and he goes like, "Man, I need to, I need urgently to sing a song. Like, I need to record this song. Like, it's urgent." <laughs> he goes, he only only took one t one take. Mm -hmm. He leaves, and boom, like he's everyone in the world. Okay. <laughs> Very. I think I know this one. Is that the big guy who sings that yeah, song? Yeah, he's really big. Over <laughs> really big guy. With the ukulele? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I love this song. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be right back, sir. Sure. Yeah, some kind of, uh, some kind of celebration, some kind of corpse meditation celebration. Something sounds very appropriate. Very yes. appropriate. I think there's even I, I I think it's more like some Hindu traditions who are very big about this whole death thing and where like uh, they they even they even have this kind of corpse meditation as a pretty in, in extreme practice and mm. Where there's like special rules, uh, where you uh, how how and what kind of corpse you should obtain, and how to meditate upon a corpse, like sitting on a corpse and shit. Wow, that's pretty pretty morbid. But I I kind of I kind of dig the image behind it. Well, yeah, I mean morbid until it's not right, and that's the whole point. Is you know, can you can you smile in the graveyard? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of those things uh, that maybe, I don't know if I would actually do it, but, you know, instead of going to a horror movie one night, maybe you go spend a night at the cemetery, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
go camping. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Just to just right to kind of dig around, see if there's any phenomena that can freak you, right? And then yeah. ooh. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Narmada once recommended to me that there's like these these large uh you know kind of vacant buildings where they'll, they'll you know it's kind of like a buddhist thing where they'll put kind of uh memorials or you know candles or like you know old sentimental things in there to for for like a past monk or something like that right um and i think that there's beds in there you okay. know and, and they're empty and it's like you know a memorial to, to dead people that'll also be a good place to go spend the night yeah you know See, see how you react when when a broom falls in the corner and that kind of thing. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I had a good taste of it when I went to visit Damarato and I was sleeping on the little cot he's got there out on the porch. And mm. I don't know if anyone else has visited, but uh, his no. place is basically surrounded by jungle. Well, there's a courtyard and a, a few houses. And, and jungle on all sides, and then the road on, on the one side. And I'm hearing noises, right? And then the two dogs, and I'm thinking, yeah, dogs are, dogs are territorial, aren't they? You know, they'll, they'll, they'll be protecting us, right? Right? The dogs have got this, right? <laughs> all kinds oh, yeah. of noises. All kinds of noises, I'm thinking, jungle cats? I don't know. What's out there? I got to sleep eventually. Wow. Yeah, that, that reminds me of my first night in the woods. First few, first few nights in the woods. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Same, same, similar experience. I mean, looking up at the just the absolute black. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe the shadow of a tree here or there. The trees just become like these large black figures at night. It's like, yeah. I had never experienced that before. It was like, and there's all types of noises, you know. It's like, the forest is quite noisy at night. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of animals that specifically come awake at night, right? So they're yeah. living the dream. Meanwhile, we're trying to get some sleep. <laughs> it's a good place to learn to listen instead of being afraid. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing about it is uh, reflecting on death, and that some someday we we're going. Everyone's gonna die. That's it. Yeah. Everyone's gonna die, and we can do it without like going to the jungle or anything. Just we can reflect on it. Sure, sure. And, and like ask ourselves: If I were to die tonight, what would I be missing? Would I be missing like, something, regrets, uh, some attachment? And it's a great method to find out that the attachments that you have when you reflect on that you're going to die suddenly the attachments they're going to arise because i think you're going to die and it helps really the practice a lot because it's kind of fast you know the attachments like they explode when you think you're going to die like oh well, you certainly won't be the one missing anything right mm. it'll be other people <laughs> missing you maybe yeah, maybe <laughs> Or they'll be celebrating. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, the, the death of another is a great opportunity, right? Because we know that if we can't be okay with that, we're going to be in trouble when it's our turn. 
Mm-hmm. How long, by the way, I'm curious, how long did you like hang out on Don, Don Rado's porch when you did? Just a few nights. Nice. Then I went off to what's on Moat to do the retreat there and had a very mixed bag experience. And then I hung out with some friends in Chiang Mai. But it's. Did you already uh, have friends out there? Or? Yeah. So my best bud from childhood met a girl from Thailand at university. She was here in the UK. And then he married her and moved out there. So I've been to Thailand at least twice. What happened at your retreat? All kinds of stuff. Uh, I had a very long journey to Damarato's place. I was very tired when I arrived. Didn't get the best sleep in the old cot there, listening to all those sounds. Mm-hmm. So I was quite tired. Uh, got on the boat from Kopangan to Suratani, made it to Chaya, where Watsuamok is, and they give a free night's sleep at the monastery for anyone who's attending the retreat the night before. So the night before the retreat begins at the retreat center, anyone can get a free night's sleep at the monastery. So I'm there on the the wooden bed and I'm struggling with that. And uh, then I start getting real itchy, like around the ribs. I'm like, what the hell is that? Okay, just ignore it, go back to sleep, whatever. Keeps coming back, keeps coming back. What is that? Now it's like painful. So I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. what is this? Sat up, put my little light on, probably woke everyone else up. I'm covered in ants. Wow. So I like leap up, brush all these ants off. I'm like grabbing my bedding and trying to get all these ants off the bedding. The other side of the room, there's the same kind of row of of wooden. It's like a platform where everyone sleeps. So I just went to the other side, settled down there. I'm in this kind of like half conscious state. Who knows how much later, same sensation again. I get up, I'm covered in ants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dusting myself up, I'm shaking everything off. So I figured, well, I ain't sleeping. So uh, I just meditated until something like four o'clock in the morning, the monks start ringing the bell and then we're, we're up and we're off to the retreat center. And, and of course it was just you and your uh, juicy UK Ferran blood that those ants preferred, right? Or was it everyone else there? They smelled a farang, yeah. Um, <laughs> we were all foreigners, actually. So the the way that Watsuamok do the retreats is uh, they run a Thai retreat and then they run a farang retreat. Um, so we were obviously on the farang retreat. So I don't know why the ants preferred me. Uh, I was at the edge of the building, right? I was in one of the corners, so I don't know. Maybe there was just an infestation at that particular end of the building. Um, so I was very, very tired going in anyway. I had they do like an interview when uh, they bring the students in to kind of assess whether you're OK to go ahead and do your your 10 days silence thing. And I said to the guy who did the interview, I'm really, really tired. I'm feeling a bit anxious, etc. 
And he said, uh, come speak to me if you don't get any sleep tonight. So I said, OK, didn't sleep, went and spoke to him. He said, meet me around the back of the dorms after lunch. So I went and met him and he had these fruit that he said grew on one of the trees there that was supposed to help with sleep. So I'm mm. stood there just scoffing these fruit out this guy's hand. Mm. <laughs> he found me the next day and said, did you sleep? I said it was a little better. He said, meet me again, same time. So I went and met him again, more of these fruit. And eventually I kind of leveled out. But I was very disappointed with the teaching on the retreat, actually. So I had some expectation, having had so much time with Damarato, And we all know how great that is. I thought it was going to be jokes, stories, all the good fun times. Well, the two teachers who were there were Thai, so there was a language barrier and they were actually doing great, but it wasn't like chatting to old Damarato. And the other teachings that were there were some talks that some of you might have heard, which are some talks of, oh, what's the fella's name? Santikaro, the guy who would translate Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa on the fly. So while Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa was giving a talk, he would then pause. And I think it was familiar. who would, who, who knew Thai very well and, and would, I think he ordained around the same time as Damarato and he would uh, translate the talks. But of course, <laughs> translating from Thai to English on the fly, I don't think is very easy. They're not very similar languages, right? And so this poor guy kind of sounded like he was reading at someone's funeral. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, time. I, I, Dan, I kind of like, I, I don't, I, I, there was a period of time where I listened to like a lot of those Santi Cower talks. Yeah. Um, and when I hear them now, I just get like this overwhelming, like nostalgic feeling of like, it's like, I know it's so dry, but it's also comforting in a way. Like, Right. sometimes the tape it's so old that it'll like slow it down so it goes even slower <laughs> right right yeah so, it's got like oh sorry so i i discovered afterward speaking with damarato that that actually bhikkhu buddha dasa was on those talks originally and uh he was laughing and joking with those in attendance but they'd cut all of that out Mm. So, so there's poor Danny feeling all tired and sorry for himself, desperate for a joke or a story or something and just couldn't get it. Well, of course, the whole setup is that uh, you've got to figure it out for yourself. Right. So varying degrees of success and failure ensued. And. Uh, that was that was the retreat. That was the whole thing. I actually left a day early. This sounds like a, a perfect opportunity for a, a, a Natiko, this, this monk that died. He had one of his sayings that he had. Somebody would sit there and tell him a story like this. And he, he said, sounds bad. Maybe good. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was pretty much the story of, of the whole thing. Um, I was sat on the... Uh, on the final day, or maybe it was the penultimate day, thinking to myself, I'll do better practice in a hotel room than I'm doing here. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so marched up to the office and said, give me my money back. <laughs> Put me a taxi. I'm going. Um, so off I went back into Saratani and, and I called Damarato up. He said, you're early. <laughs> I said, yeah, I got out of there. He said, uh, well, you did your 10 days because, you know, you did that night in the monastery. First of all, I said, yeah, the ants ate me up. He said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite an experience. Yeah. I, I uh, one, one thing I feel like I hear in there is that like, and, and that I, I felt lucky to have you as a, uh, you know, trial run student of Dharmada going out into the woods or going into one of these kind of re retreats where it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's not like a nice American, uh, you know, yeah. retreat center, Dhamma, you know, center, that kind of thing. Um, and so in my talks with Dharmada, he's giving me different kinds of advice on how to, how to do your own retreat, like, uh, you know, in an empty hut is one of the, the prescriptions of the Buddha, you know, you could do that in your apartment. Mm. Um, and then in terms of like the, the, the taking away things, you know, you kind of do it gradually instead of kind of ripping it all away. But that's kind of a different topic. What I was going to get at was it sounded like you could have used what I had when I was in the woods uh, for like, I don't know, two weeks or so, which was a cell phone to call Domrado. <laughs> you recommended that I took a cell phone in there with me. Yeah. And I was saying, no, 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 I'm going to do it properly. Right? Mm -hmm. I think he recommended taking a couple books. Um, and they don't enforce the rules. There are rules, but they don't enforce them. I hear that on certain streets, they'll come round knocking on the doors. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Could you meet my brother? Thanks. Um, in certain retreats, I've heard they'll come around knocking on the doors. You know, if you're not in the meditation hall, they'll come round you up. It wasn't mm. at all at, at whatsoever. So actually, in the beginning, when I was still struggling to, to catch up with sleep, I missed quite a few of the sessions. And I told Damarato afterwards, and I was kind of like, oh, I was a bad boy. You know, I didn't go to all the sessions. He said, well, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. yeah, they do that at, <clears throat> at Guenka retreats. They definitely, they come in and, and get you uh, and are like, hey, you got to go sit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually, there was a there was a Guenka retreat. I was actually volunteering at a Guenka retreat as a as a like cook, and I ended up leaving on like day eight because it was just the environment was so bad. And it sounds so rigid. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but I mean, like like being a practitioner is hard, but like uh, I didn't really realize volunteering would be so difficult because uh, mm. there there weren't enough staff, and we were in Morocco, and the water was like bad and so i was stomach sick and i was like hey i gotta go to like a doctor like yeah i i'm really not feeling good at all i mean because i was one of the few west like westerners there it was mostly moroccan so they were like fine with the water right and uh i was just like puking my guts out and like and i'm like should i really be making people food when i'm like <laughs> like this and oh my god it was a nightmare I know yeah. I had to, and I, the only way I could leave too, I had to like beg for my passport back on day eight. I was like, you got to give it back to me. I got to just leave. And I ended up like hitchhiking out of there. Like had no idea where I was going. I couldn't like talk to the guy. I was just like, just take me somewhere, like yeah. anywhere away from here. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It was an adventure. <laughs> I, I came away from that retreat 
with the impression that it was kind of extreme. And I think part of the conversation that I had with Damarato following was that it had changed a lot since he was there last. Um, he said there had been English speaking teachers and there'd been um, various, various things that were different about it. I think that what it was for me at that time was quite an extreme change compared to those nice conversations with Damarato and my own practice going really well at home. And so I like that idea that you mentioned, Keyshawn, of gradually removing things. I think, you know, it can work. There was, there was benefit in it for me, no doubt. You know, that cold turkey. Yeah. Nothing. You got nothing. You ain't talking to nobody. You ain't reading nothing. Um, but I think that it's, it's an extreme change from the diet of stimuli that we're all on as youngsters going into an environment like that. And here's, you know, this was me after speaking with Damarato for at least a year, quite intensively. I'd spent a long time speaking with Damarato and my practice was going really well. And still, when I hit that retreat center, it was, it, it was, it was pretty extreme. There was some dukkha around. So I got a good chance to look at it. Sounds bad. Maybe uh -huh. good. <laughs> I feel like going into that kind of thing, like now it's like, you know, going with the attitude, th those rules are all, you know, meant to be, to be bent. That's what they're there for. They're for bending. I see. You know how to practice correctly anyway. So, you know, go ahead and do your thing. Right. Going like that. And another, another thing like uh, to, to point to the efficacy of bringing the cell phone, uh, just the one experience that I had, I didn't know how afraid of the dark I was, but uh, when I was in the woods, but being like uh, in the woods when it like it was super dark, I think you couldn't really see any stars because uh, maybe probably pretty cloudy. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of like at the the parking lot. Eric and I were at the parking lot, um, like a twenty minute walk from our campsite. And I was like, I get outside. I'm like, I can hardly even balance myself. I'm like, I can't see anything. It's just like literally black. Yeah, yeah. We get to <laughs> experience that, right? There's yeah. some kind of light around, you know, in, in any kind of uh, built up area, there's light pollution, right? So even when mm -hmm. you think it's really dark, it's not really no. dark, not like out there. Um, so, yeah, you've got the light on your cell phone, right? That's another yeah. handy little handy little thing to, to we, have. We, we, had, we had a headlamp and uh, something about it. It just wasn't very bright. Like I, we realized what was going on like the next day, but something about it just wasn't very bright at all. I think the batteries might have just been dying. Yeah. So it's pretty low light. It was almost like if you ever played like uh, Slender Man the game. <laughs> like that's the <laughs> environment you're walking around in effectively. And yeah. but what what kind of saved me from that was like I I was like, dude, I can't do this. Like I literally cannot do this. But I like gave Damato a call and like, you know, we, we talked out here like, look, if you feel lost, just stop and just, you know, listen and, and just wait. You're not lost if you're not moving. And, uh, you know, just, you know, go with the senses instead of the fear. And right. that was kind of that, that was kind of uh, my way out. Right. We made it back to the campsite. Had to, had to do a log of this log walk to get across this puddle at the end. Which is which is pretty great in the in the dark too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of fun. We just we just don't have to deal with 
those kind of circumstances growing yeah. up civilization, right? Yeah, it's one of those things that Thamrata also mentioned too, which is like, you know, when he said, like when the Buddhists go to the forest mm. and he's talking to his monks, it is kind of a different go to the forest because for us going to the forest, it's like, you know, what we're describing right now. But for them, they're kind of already in that environment, right? You know, it's kind of probably pretty used to, to doing that in general. So for them, it's probably like literally just another form of seclusion probably synonymous with uh going to an empty hut right i would imagine yeah uh you know aside from like come to my farm there's uh there's no lights or anything anything here (laughs) so i'm I'm dealing with that all the time okay Uh, Yeah, there you but go. But it's but I have been in the head the headlamp situation. Some sometimes it's almost better to let your eyes try to adjust to it rather than going with the shitty headlamp that's almost out of battery. Right. <laughs> but I've been in some stupid situations at like ten o'clock at night in the like kind of the middle of nowhere. Mm. Yeah. 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 After after that experience, Eric and I would go out and just be like, all right, yeah, let's see how can we walk around in the dark without seeing anything. Like, right. just kind of play, start playing with it. Right. Um, yeah. Let the eyes adjust. Get your night vision going. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember one of the things that really bothered me at the retreat center was the the guy who was showing us around, who's a friend actually. I think he might even be on the list for for these calls. His name's Toon. Mm. Uh, I know he's stayed with Damarato a couple of times. Uh, so he was doing the induction. And he mentioned scorpions and snakes and, and all sorts. He's, you know, you might see a scorpion, you might see a snake. I'm thinking, well, we might see him. Depends what the sun's doing. <laughs> we might mm. see him first. <laughs> <laughs> then what? So uh, very different environment, right? Mm. And it, it, it brings the fear out. It's the same thing as going to the cemetery or, or meditating on the corpse. If If you've got certain attachments if there's certain phenomena that will bring those fear responses out in you well great here it is yes doc yeah um not to uh break the the whole cycle completely but i actually had a um something to to share still um that is it's a bit more of a personal thing mm-hmm. um not 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 more not so much of an anecdote but um, yeah, I've talked to this already with uh, with Joe and Robert on the weekend on the Sangha call on, on Sunday a bit. Mm. And uh, yeah, I've been dealing with a lot of, again, a lot of difficult stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Um, some days I was, uh, because everything is, is changing so rapidly for me. Mm. Um, some days I was terrified to even leave the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's this experience like oh holy shit everything is happening within awareness or consciousness all the time mm-hmm. even this huge uh, but what what is is not that important but i actually got around to to getting some success in just facing these like these basic everyday things that used to be pretty pretty much nothing that you could just do and everything was fine and suddenly they became like a bigger challenge mm. and I 
I went into like avoidance a bit uh, or a bit more for a while. Mm. But actually started to uh, to 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 get to to get into it again, and just taking a small walk or going to the store became a success. Something Good. that I actually was pretty scared of, but mm -hmm. could do anyway. <laughs> yeah, and what a great demonstration of how it is. It is all in the mind. Doesn't matter if it's a corpse or a scorpion or go into the shops. Yes. And it's not, I, I still don't feel fully functional in a way. There would be some things right now that I feel that I, that it would be too, too much at once. But uh, mm -hmm. at least these, these basic things, I'm kind of relearning that they're, they're doable, so to say. Great. <laughs> Great. And there's, there's perhaps a subtle standard in there, right, as to what's normal. Now we could probably all agree that going to the shops is a pretty normal thing to do, but we can, we can change our standard however we like. If we take yeah. Jackie Chan as our standard, well, none of us are doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just because there's there's so much new stuff. Like earlier today, I was um, picking up Nora from the train station, and suddenly there I was in the car driving around without a, with really with with barely any sense of self left. <laughs> great. Except except like the bodily sensations that were still kind of localized, but except for that, well, hey, hang on, where the fuck did I go? And <laughs> yeah, kind of, it was. Who, it, who said it, that? What? Who said that? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not total, but it, it kind of ebbed and flowed. Yeah, but can you can you investigate that question? And of course, you know, you're we're talking about the past here, so this might be of limited value. But where did I go? Who said <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's it's been it's been a been possible to relax into it a bit more, at least. It's not that it's not that it's not scary at all anymore, but it's possible to relax into it a bit more, these, these experiences where suddenly, shit, no, nothing's different, yet everything's totally different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there is that hardwired, um, or at least, shall we say, conditioned resistance to change, yes. fear of change, until there isn't. So I think you're handling all of this beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. Some got got some got some amidst amidst the 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 like the what's the word the familiar pretty pretty nasty stuff that comes around time and again. There's some some successes being being noticed and also celebrated. Yeah, and what I love is the deliberate quality in your finding those successes. Yeah, I mean, at some point I was like, man, I, I, maybe for like a few days, but not, not uh, permanently. I can become someone who who can't leave the house anymore, so to say. 
so it was kind of a bit of man I'm, I'm forced to bite the bullet at least to some degree if i am to kind of at least get basic needs met right <laughs> right and and in there you've managed to create a learning experience yes and do a ton of practice by the sounds of it yeah it sound, sounds like it yeah it's yeah. still there's there's just a lot of very weird shit happening that i would struggle to even put into words <laughs> yeah yeah i get it i get it it's a trip yeah really man <laughs> all the time sun up so to sundown <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and round and round we go on the big carousel. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're doing great. I mean, you know, what can you do about those phenomena? It's not like you're waking up and saying, hey, I feel like being someone who can't leave the house today. No. It's not you. It's not you. Yeah. It's just old stuff. And, oh yeah, one, one of the greatest, one of the greatest successes of, as of recent was that I'm more and more starting that I had put a really a weight on certain phenomena over certain others like yes. a lot of like, like negative biases mm -hmm. that would come in um, when like dealing with anything and there would be for example some kind of resistance or even harsh aversion to it and i started seeing holy shit i've been that there's been belief in that like harsh aversion it's not that it doesn't come up anymore or doesn't have the power to suck me in anymore mm. but I, I've, I've seen a few times this basically the groundlessness of believing one of those things over one of the others good that there's no no actually apparently no actual reason to to believe right. one of them over the others, to give one of them more meaning and more weight than the others. Right. And that was pretty, at times it was already pretty liberating to be like, yeah. okay, man, it still sucks. And I, it's not that it doesn't happen anymore, but there is a, an arising, like it could, there was a glimpse of, oh shit, maybe it's actually be po possible to be free of it. <laughs> so once again, your excellent understanding is leading the way to insight. Good. I'm yeah. doing my Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> I love that gif. Guys, yeah. I, I got to jump, but it was really great getting to meet you, uh, Dan, for the Likewise, first time. Brother. And also, I think... Uh, I, I don't remember uh, your name with the curly hair, but I've seen a couple of your videos. Uh, and so nice to meet you, too. And hopefully uh, I could get back on one of these calls uh, soon enough again. And I think Nick also, I don't think we've spoken before, but good to, to make you guys' acquaintance. Likewise, brother. Likewise. Yeah. Great to it's have awesome you along. Again. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye-bye. And listen, guys, it's getting pretty late here for me, so I'm going to chip off at this point. As always, you're all welcome to continue. Yeah. Great seeing you all again from here. Thank you very much, Dan. Yeah. For jokes. Yeah, thank you. Friendship. DJ, great to meet you. Thanks for joining us for the first time.
Yeah, no, it's been amazing. And like, again, I do uh, enjoy some of your videos too, right? On the Dama Dudes channel. I've checked right. those out. So it's great, like I said, like actually meeting you and stuff. Yeah, good. on good. Skype. Good. So yeah. Glad you're enjoying. Thanks for coming along. And we'll be back the same time next week. Nice. Bye, guys. Great Bye. To see you. Bye. Bye.